I'm going to start with who are you? Quick brief background on that. And then we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, really. Got it. Is that good? So I can actually interview you for the for the talks this time? We'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. That's I like that. that. That's <laughs> you probably can get away with it. Arash, thank you for joining me. You are a busy man, so I appreciate you scheduling a few minutes out of your time for us to get together. Always a pleasure. Uh, you, you know we can't say no to you, sir. So when you call, we answer. It it does get a little uh We're a tough crowd. We persist. Persistent this is what it takes. All right. So welcome to the two timers club. Right, second time being on. Last time was I checked before we did this, February of twenty one. So right during all that COVID stuff. For those viewers who have not seen you and who don't know who you are, and because I love your story because it's fantastic, I, tell us please. Uh, who is Arash? Where were you born? Uh, how did you get here? And how does that influence uh, your decisions today? Great. Uh, happy to. And those of you who listen to my part one, you can skip like four minutes and then start over again. You know, uh, Arash is a Barzan. Today, I'm uh, CEO of Highgate Hotels. i uh, been in this role for, for two years. Uh, before that, I was with Mr. Barry Sternlich, the one and only, for four years running SH Hotels and Resorts, uh, which is the operating arm of Starwood Capital. And then before that, I founded a company with Sam Nazarian called SBE. And um, uh, I was president of SBE Hotel Group, and I was with Sam for 12 years. And I really had a phenomenal time creating brands and, and going into the food and beverage and how hotels are impacted by food and beverage. We created SLS and uh, we created the Redberry brand together and you know, opened a casino in Las Vegas at seven or eight F&B brands that we put together with Jose Andreas and Chef Katsuya Irichi and, and Michael Mina and lots of fun. Uh, again, I'm, I'm dating myself, but before I was with Sam, I was with Barry Sternlich again. For seven years, I started with hotels and resorts. Yeah, a two-timer club and uh, really uh, enjoyed my time. You know, it was 1997 when I joined Starwood Hotels and that was the beginning. It was amazing to see him put the company together. When I joined, he had just merged with ITT and we had Weston and, you know, we, we launched St. Regis Hotels. Uh, I was one of the first GMs of the St. Regis Hotel in the world. I was maybe number four or number five ever. That's how old I am. Uh, and then we, I helped Barry launch the W brand, and, and I was the, running the W Hotels of New York. And, you know, my hotel career really started with Four Seasons Hotels. I joined Four Seasons in 1990, spent seven years with Four Seasons between Beverly Hills, Newport, and Seattle. And it really gave me the right foundation and pedigree of a culture of service and delivery and not taking second best. And that has stayed with me uh, till this day. Uh, but where I'm from, I'm from Iran. I was an immigrant. I came to this country in 1980, right after the big revolution. Um, my family and I arrived here. I was 15 years old and I had to start from, we had to start from, from, from scratch. I mean, my dad was in the military in Iran and you know, uh, he had to, his first business was opening a deli in Wilton, Connecticut, and that wasn't very successful. We didn't know how to do delis. And, you know, he sold cars and 
made ends meet and, and put us through school and was a big supporter, my mom and dad, for myself and my brother. And we started from the bottom. I washed dishes. I cooked in kitchens. I was uh, waiting tables. I was bussing tables and really learned the hospitality business from the start. So, and, and when his face, when I told my parents I was going to join Culinary Institute of America to become a chef, in 1986 you should have seen that face like in our culture being a, a cook or a chef is not like highly sought after you know and when I told them that you should you know I'm like what up what about being an engineer or doctor or, or uh but uh you know they supported me and so it has helped me through my career to have gone through those and I always say no disrespect to the bankers or the lawyers uh that are listening you know, I'm not a banker. I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm, I'm an operator. I've started from the bottom and, and I've seen and worked hard to, to, uh, to be where I am today. So that's your four minutes. Uh, welcome back. Those of you who skipped the first four minutes. <laughs> no, no, I, I listen, I love it. Your story is great. Tons of experience. So, you know, what? I, that's probably where I'm going to go. Uh, even though I love the Iran background, I love all of that, but I'm probably going to go to your mentors, right? I mean, Barry Sterlick, one of the top, uh, you're currently with Mahmoud and Mehdi Kimji. Maybe I should ask, how'd you meet the brothers and what, what drug you over? You know, um, Mahmoud and, and Mehdi have been uh, pioneers in our industry and everybody knows Highgate. And throughout my career, I heard their name and I saw them grow and saw them really develop a company that was best in class. And, you know, I have so much respect for Mahmoud and, and, you know, we only saw each other at events and we saw each other over NYU and we saw each other over Alice, the, the usual suspects. But what set Mahmoud apart was really take him taking the time every time I saw him to spend five minutes with me and really listening to what I had to say. And you don't see that too often in our business. I'm guilty of it. I don't know about you, but you're rushing around, you have back to back meetings, but you see an old friend, an old face, and you actually so how's it going, Arash? Are you happy? What's going on? Tell me about the latest. I mean, that really always resonated with me. I remember uh, he checked into one hotel, South Beach, when I was working there in the beginning of my career with Barry. And again, we spent 10 minutes talking about the hotel business, talking about the brands. He's just such a personable guy. I didn't know Medi till I joined. Right before I joined, I, I had to interview with him, and that was a tough one. He's a tough one, uh, a good but tough. But I got, I had always respected them, and I always followed their career and their successes. And you know, the decision with with me joining, it wasn't because I wasn't having fun at SH. And you know, Barry and I uh, had grown very, very close, and we enjoyed working with each other. But it was an opportunity to influence a bigger part of the hospitality business, you know, one and SH was growing at an incredible pace. And I think they're up to 14, 15 hotels now, and, you know, probably another 10, 15 in the pipeline. And, you know, I could have been running a company with 25 hotels or a company with 500 hotels. Right. Uh, so when I told Barry the news and, and you know, we were like, I, I won't let you leave. We're going to make this. We're like, Barry, like you don't have to, it's just the next progression of my career is to be able to work with a company that I can add more value and, and touch more people and help mentor and grow more. So that was really the reason why I left. And I tell you, before you ask me, it's been absolutely incredible two years. I mean, what we have accomplished, you know, we've added another 160 hotels 
since I joined, which again, I don't take credit for. Uh, I don't take all the credit for, I think maybe a little bit, but it's been, it's been an incredible ride with, with, the, with Mahmoud and Mehdi, the rest of our principals, you know, uh, Zach Berger, I don't know if you know him, he's become a, a force in our business from a real estate and investment and now operations and, and Rich Russo and Matt Dunlock and Anker Rondev. I mean, they're all really uh, best in class partners and I couldn't ask for anything better. You're a good man. You learn from Mahmood. I do think that's what makes Mahmood special, right? He does take the time to get to know you. I mean, again, we're a people industry and yeah. all of our sort of leaders in our industry are those special people person. We're all running around. You just said it, trying to do business and they take a time to pause and ask about you. So, you know, it, it, it's, we, we sometimes forget uh, that we are in the hospitality business, right? We, we are uh, taking care of guests uh, uh, and we're making memories for people that come to our hotels, to our restaurants, to our outlets, but we're also doing the same for our team members, right? This is a chapter of their life that we're help writing. Hopefully we can write six or seven chapters, but it's important when we look at the people that work with us, for us, that we make sure that we have the same enthusiasm in making those memories special, making sure that every day they learn, every day they grow and not get stagnant. And, and that's what Mahmoud does the best. You know, he very similar to Barry, challenges himself on a regular basis. You know, he's never happy with what we have today, always shooting for more. And that's why Highgate has been so successful because we continue to look at new ways to do the business more profitably, more efficiently, and then deliver be best results for ourselves and our partners and our owners. If you take one thing away from this conversation is take care of your people. Uh, your people are going to be the secret to your success. Uh, treat them with kindness, treat them with respect, treat them with uh, how you want to be treated, and, and the rest will fall into place. Uh, and remind me, roughly, how many people do we have? Um, Company-wide, about 24,000, 25,000. Yeah, that's, that's... Yeah, we have about 600 people in our corporate organization, and the rest are, you know, property. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a city, so... A small city, you know. <laughs> but you're, yeah, you're the mayor of the city. I should ask my slippery slope question that we could edit if you don't want to answer. Is what? What's the, what? Compare Gatras, Barry, and Mahmood. No, I you. Got, you I, I got happy, happy, Like I said earlier, Mahmood and Barry have a lot in common. Yes, they're both drivers. They're both want to succeed. They both want the best. It's, it's amazing. It, it's the only difference is, you know, we're only hotel business. I am, you know, Barry has, you know, gazillion, trillion investment in, in different business segments, right? So we are only in the hotels. If I had 100% of Barry's time at SH, yeah. you know, we would have been, you know, third largest hotel company in the world. But that's yeah. just a small segment. I only have this much of his brain power which is more than you know 10 people combined but you know that that was the big difference i mean you know barry is 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 in so many different segments of, of business where we are concentrating on you know hotels and uh, hotel real estate that's that's the big difference but they're both brilliant guys and they're both you know top of their game uh you were lucky to have worked with both of them because they're amazing 
and they are lucky to have worked with you to have Thank you with them. So Thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure and an honor. So I know one of the, getting into the weeds here, but I know one of the reasons you were brought on is to help with the attrition rate at Highgate. Uh, and I think you've been very successful with that. So uh, why do you think it's successful? I think attrition, one, recruitment, second, but really the, the, the part that I think attracted me to Highgate and Highgate to me was uh, my ability and my experience and exposure in really bringing luxury lifestyle operations to Highgate. And, and you know, it started before me. I mean, they had the Knickerbocker. Park Lane was well underway. You know, Newberry was well underway when I joined. So it wasn't like I pioneered this. They're already well underway in developing this, but they wanted to bring someone in that understood the nuts and bolts, but also understood the ability to activate, energize, and bring credibility to these hotels. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Highgate now manages four luxury collection hotels, which, uh, you know, three in Peru and one in Nashville. And the Joseph in Nashville was the number one luxury collection hotel in the world uh, last year uh, from a service, from a brand uh, delivery, uh, from, you know, guest comments and the happiness of our customers. So, you know, we are we're now a, a true luxury player. Our Newberry Hotel in Boston got five diamond uh, last year. And this year was nominated for Virtuoso Hotel of the Year in the world. So we were the five, you know, top five finalists. We didn't win. You know who won? Who? And it's just not fair. I like to play fair. Uh, the Four Seasons Hotel in uh, Sicily, the oh. one that's in the the show... Yeah. Yeah. The White Lotus. I mean, like, how do you compete with that? Yeah. I mean, millions of yeah. people. So, See, and Netflix, if you're like, watching this, we need to do a reality show at the Newberry in Boston. So we have a better chance of winning it next year. <laughs> Let's go. We'll set it up. We'll come yeah. to the Teague Walk and we'll, <laughs> we'll show up and do a series. It's going to be great. Beautiful. Sign me up. All right. So, so I do think that's great. So I think you've, I mean, one, let's go back to the history sort of of Highgate. Like most of us all know them as New York centric, right? Luxury and really nice hotels in and around New York. Uh, we should talk about that and what's happening with yeah. New York. So Highgate really started as owner operator. Yeah. Um, they, they weren't managing for other people. They were managing their own assets. And as they were recapping these assets and bringing new capital partners and selling them, the new buyers like, no, we want you to stay and manage. So it started growing that way. And, and their strategy has always been, let's go to a city and, and really build an infrastructure, build the capability so we can own the city and we can have uh, economies of scale and we can have complexing opportunities. So in New York, you know, today we have 34, 35 hotels in New York, in, in the island of Manhattan. And we're about to add two more. I wish I could tell you, but uh, I can't. But uh, we're adding two more um, uh, within the next two weeks. And, you know, New York City is the city that's a barometer for right. hospitality in America, right? It's the first to go down and it's the first to come up usually uh, because people do business here from all from fashion, entertainment, from, from all, all segments. But we're having a really solid year this year. We're above... 2019 we're above 2022 uh, significantly you know right. um, 22 almost double digits up in new york 
And fourth quarter looks really, really promising. Not on wood that we're going to have a strong finish to the year. Um, September, typically for the hotel business, is not a good month. You have the Jewish holidays and right. the people are back from school. Uh, so, But September in New York is, is really strong this year, you know, with the Fashion Week and uh, U.S. Open and, and uh, UNGA coming in. So we have lots of uh, great demand drivers in the city. So you bullish or bearish on the city? And I'm thinking all the return to office and the global travel. Super, super duper bullish. Great. I think you have to remember, we have a number of hotels that have not reopened since COVID. We have a number of hotels that are being housed by migrants. Mm -hmm. We have uh, pretty much a moratorium on any new hotels coming into the city. I mean, I don't see any, I have known if you've heard any new developments of, you know, boutique hotels here and there. So the, the supply has shrunk. Uh, there is no new supply coming and the demand has been pent up, you know, over COVID, of course, and even post COVID, the BT travel is not even close to where it needs to be. So the demand will be there. Groups are coming back. I mean, you know, the actor and writer strike is not helping, you know, it's really hurting LA, but it's hurting every city that uh, uh, caters to the entertainment market. So I'm super, super bullish on you. Talk to me about some of your debt. I don't know if I get in the weeds there, but uh, any, any issue, everybody's got concerns, right? With debt, floating rate stuff that's floated up. Yeah, any specific issues you can talk about there? Yeah, I mean, the good news is the money's there. It's just expensive. Right. And it takes longer and it takes uh, more diligence and more relationship building between your lender and, and, and sponsors. I mean, we have been very fortunate to recap a few loans that were maturing this year and you know, uh, good news is nobody's taking a pound of flesh. Uh, it just costs you more. It's just the cost of doing business. And we hope that uh, as quickly as the interest rates up went up, as, as quickly it can start to de-escalate. But there is plenty of money out there people need to place. They just are being a bit more careful and being more diligent and really counting on the relationships that they have built on the sponsor to, you know, lend that money. I, I think you're right. I mean, I think we'll work through all those things, fingers yeah. crossed. But it's getting, you know, you're getting more capital calls. You're getting more pay downs from lenders. I think they've learned extend and pretend works. We will see. Um, we will see. We're, we're starting to see the pressure in sort of the big box urban areas, though. That's where we're starting to see the pressure. So yeah. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, I, I think, you know, San Francisco depends on market. New York, you don't see the pressure because... Candidly, you know, uh, who wants to take over a hotel in New York with the union right. risks and uh, and all the other liabilities that come with it? Uh, so market by market, you know, San Francisco is the only market in our entire portfolio that hasn't recovered to 2019 levels yet. And we hope to get there. We're, we're actually bullish on San Francisco. We think that San Francisco is going to be a, a city that has so much pent up demand that you know, eventually with the tech sector and, and what have you, it will come back. It's just taking a lot longer to come back. And the city is doing a whole marketing campaign about, you know, uh, promoting San Francisco. So we like San Francisco. It just hasn't gotten there yet. So I think the the lending market has not impacted operating assets as much as transactional uh, assets. You know, we, you're not selling hotels like you used to, you know, a, a, a five or six cap uh, 
you know, was penciling before. It's not anymore because you're paying so much more for your debt. So you have to look at hotels that, you know, seven or eight cap to, to even start thinking about it. So the transitional market has been, you know, impacted tremendously uh, because of the, uh, because of this uh, debt situation. Yeah, I think you're right. Going way back was sort of the Colony North Star transaction. Yeah. It was massive. Uh, when was that? Late that, 21, 22, something like North, that. No, sir. That that transaction happened in March of 2021. Yeah, March of yeah. 2021. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they in they, they signed the deal uh, to, in, I think, April or May of 2020, pre-vaccine COVID era. Can I, can you, we, we have now pre-vaccine, right. post-vaccine COVID era. So that shows you the brilliance uh, of Mahmoud and Mehdi and the rest of the team to, to know an opportunity and jump on it. And, and believe me, many people thought they were, you know, lost their mind. Uh, and, and we have definitely proved them wrong. And, and Highgate, before I joined them, you know, picked up and added 187 hotels overnight to their portfolio. Like, who can say that? I mean, so I give a lot of credit to Steve Barrick and the team that you know really led the operation of that transaction. But that was that was a big one that has been you know super successful for us. And then they followed that up with the Core Point La Quinta yeah. transaction. Yeah, that was in March of uh, last year, and and that was an incredible experience for all of us. It was 125 La Quintas that we bought uh, through Core Point acquisition to Core Point Private and. And that has been super fun. And and so, you know, we are definitely having these chunkier deals help grow the platform, you know, quicker. But I have to tell you that the, the team here is so diligent and I've never seen uh, any anybody underwrite deals and, and the risk profiles as well as our team does here. And then they've been trained by the best. And, and you know, that was, uh, I, I think, I'm not going to name names, but many people wanted that deal. I don't think anybody wanted the colony deal when we bought it in the middle of COVID, but we were going against the big powerhouses on Four Point and we won. Yeah, listen, we've worked with, had the fortunate part of working with your team a lot, and they're all really talented. Uh, we were, you know, heavily involved with sort of La Quinta stuff. Uh, we've known it for decades, feels like. Uh, so we've known that kind of marketplace. We've known them. Your team's done a really good job of executing on the business plan as well. Their underwriting is spot on and the execution is uh, is really good too, which helps. Yeah. All right, so give me what's, tell me what's next then. If we're, are we doing luxury? I mean, we got economy, we got mid-scale, we got sort of all of the above. What, what are you so, focusing on? You know, it, it, my biggest focus uh, is operations and really taking advantage of artificial intelligence. I know that word is being uh, uh, overthought, uh, uh, and really taking advantage of the technology to see how we can operate better. I mean, we are adding hotels organically, you know, 12 to 14 hotels a year. So that happens through third-party management agreements. And we've been very successful with, you know, uh, acquiring new contracts, you know, not paying for them, but winning them. Uh, you know, we were taking over the jewel in Dallas. I don't know if you know that yet or not, but uh, breaking news, uh, uh, November 1st, that, uh, we were looking forward to working with the Headington team and then and, and really adding value to that portfolio. So that is happening. But what I'm doing is really working with best in class companies and, and, and our team here to put as much robotics and machine learning into our reporting and 
uh, uh, KPI analysis. So I want to provide tools for our leaders to be able to manage their business better. So th those are the things that I'm spending most of my time on to making sure that Highgate continues to be the best in class uh, operator and, and stay with the times. I don't want to be behind the times when it comes to uh, the technology uh, initiatives that are going on in the world. Wait, so talk more to that. Tell me, what, give me more specific about what, how you're using AI. I can't tell you that. Then my competitors are going to go use it. <laughs> you know, it, it, is out there. Everyone knows about I, it. I'm not, but, but you know, all kidding aside, we all would do it ourselves. If you give me a PNL, I can go look at cost per occupied room. I can look at the productivity of a housekeeper. I can look at fixed costs. I can look at opera, a variable costs. I can tell you if the hotel is being efficient or not. It could take me, depending on how complicated the hotel is, and you know if there's a union hotel or non-union hotel, or how many floors, the drop room. I can figure it out, you know, in a couple of hours, and tell you exactly what's wrong with a hotel. But when you have 150, 160 full-service hotels and 300 select service, 300 plus select service hotels, you don't have that luxury to dive in like that. So what AI does for you is, if you teach it. It will go look at your schedules. It will look at your productivity. It will look at trends and it will predict what your results are going to look like. So they will tell you, hey, based on the first seven days of the uh, uh, of the month, and if these trends continue, your profitability is going to be Y. Your productivity is going to be X. So you have an opportunity to adjust and it will highlight it for you which one you should look at. Hey, if I were you, I would look at these 10 hotels. These are the ones that are not producing to the matrix that I have put in there for them to produce. So that is, you know, what the future is going to be like. You're going to wake up in the morning, you're going to open your computer and it's going to say, hey, this is your to-do list. Look at these 11 hotels that are not at optimal, that need to be at optimal. And this is why, you know, you have way too many dormant scheduled. You have too many busboys today. You have, you know, room attendance are a bit higher. So that's what the end result will look like. I mean, that's fascinating. I, and I should have expected it from one of the top operators and should be engineers of our industry. Uh, Thank but you, you think you think that makes you a uh, differentiator today? I mean, I get you, it's eventually everyone's going to catch up, but how many operators do you think are doing that today using AI? I, 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 I'm sure a lot. I, 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 mean, I can't, I can't predict. And, you know, I, I'm there many people much smarter than me that probably three steps ahead. I just don't want to be three steps behind as long as I stay par and I stay and, and drive for results. And, and by the way, it's not me. You know, I have five executive vice presidents on the team that help me run the organization and they're the ones that are going to dig in. Right. But I want to have the tools and the checks and balances to keep the operation as effective and optimized as possible. And by the way, this will help me, you know, in, Guest satisfaction. This will help me in yeah, well. uh, uh, associate satisfaction because I have right people, not right number of people. I'm not overstaffed. I'm not understaffed, uh, and I'm providing the service. And at the end of the day, you know, my focus last year, my first year at Highgate, was building on the foundation that Mahmoud, Mehdi, and the principal started, and building on that culture uh, of people first. And that's what we did. We we launched Highgate Academy. We we launched, you know, our own uh, in-house 
education and a tracking system where there's 5,000 classes available for people to take. Uh, we signed up a deal with eCornell. We had 60 people graduate with certificates from Cornell, you know, classes in leadership and business development and, and revenue management. So we really build that foundation and the culture uh, even further and, and, and did the belonging. So that was my first year's work, all about the people, all about motivating, inspiring, coaching, and bringing the right talent in. And now that we have the right foundation, we're building our, on our operational accounting, finance uh, excellence to even take our company further. Uh, all right, good. So uh, let's go to the future. Give me your crystal ball, sort of everything that you're seeing. I mean, you got a ton of hotels that you're operating, so you see a bunch of different markets. You see a bunch of different luxury mid-scale economy. Like you see a lot. So tell me what you're seeing right now and more specifically what you see for the future. Um, I, I see that we have survived the last two years by, you know, one, it was the leisure pent up demand or the sugar rush that happened. And we have survived through hustle, through drive. And I see, you know, business travel coming back, the BT business. Right. I see that coming back to... I think, you know, again, for our company, we're 60, 70 percent of, of 2019 on corporate accounts and business travel. And we, we, we're doing so well without it. Right. Can you imagine if it was 100 percent? Right. right. Uh, I see group business coming back you know, strong. It's already back to a certain extent, but I see it being stronger because if BT doesn't come back, group has to overcompensate. If you're not coming to the office regularly. I'm going to have meetings once a month to force you to come to the office to participate and collaborate. We've seen shorter term business. We've seen you know, uh, longer term groups because people want to collaborate and they want these you know, key leaders, especially in the creative side, to be able to interact with each other. Um, you know, the, the strike will end eventually, God willing. Please, uh, 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 please make it end. But you know, I, I remember about 10 I think maybe 10, 12 years ago, there was another strike in 2008 or nine. And, and once, you know, that was the birth of the reality TV because that last time they were striking, they had no content. So they had to have the reality TV start. But what happened when the strike came back, the production and the business doubled because there was so much pent up demand. So I see our business continuing to grow. Leisure is going to continue to grow. Um, and once the debt market stabilizes and we know that's not going to go higher, hopefully starts going lower. The transition transaction business will come back too. So uh, barring anything unforeseen, I don't see um, any, any shortfalls. If anything, we should have a strong uh, 2024 ahead and beyond. I like your bullishness. I mean, this is, this is fantastic. This is why, this is why you're so successful, sir. This is why. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I see the indicators. If you talked to me last year, I, I, I would tell you, hey, your guess is as good as mine. We got a recession. We got a depression. We got interest rates going up. We got the war in Ukraine. We got gas prices. We got supply. It, talk, you should have talked to me last year. I, I'm, I'm definitely bullish and, a, and an optimist. Uh, that's how my personality is. But I tell you the facts. But I'm looking at every indication right now. And, you know, compare yourself to this time last year. Yes. Going into 2023, we had no idea what to expect. It was a right. complete unknown. 22 was decent, but uh, going into 2024, you know, our indicators showing, uh, you know, positive trends in, in, in all areas. So thank God. Happy about but, that. 
So your operating budgets are all up for all your investors, for everyone you're reporting oh, to. If if our owners are watching, right, uh, right. we're showing a flat to 2020. <laughs> Every market is different. You should see what we do for our owners and you should see the, 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 the decks we put together on market trends. I mean, we can spend hours about every city, every segment from group, transient, BT, FIT. There is not a tool out there that we don't use. So every market is different. There are markets that are going to see double digit growth, maybe one market, but mostly we show where we think the business is going to come from, right? Give, so, give me 30 seconds. What's going up and what's going down? What markets? San Francisco is going to go up big time okay. because okay. it was so down this year. No, we're I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm still worried about the about Hawaii. I mean, we need Japan business for Hawaii to be successful. Completed out of our control. The yen is, you know, very poor against the dollar, and you know the the people want to come. Once that gets adjusted, Hawaii will come back. So I'm worried about Hawaii. I'm optimistic about New York. I'm optimistic about uh, San Francisco and. You know, even Florida Keys and, and, and Miami had a rough second half of year this year. But I think now we have stabilized. Uh, those markets have stabilized to more normalized uh, uh, results. I love it. Arash, you're fantastic. I thought I was interviewing you this time. How did yeah, this happen? You, you, you are good at this. You just get me into it and I can't stop talking. And that's the secret. That's that's right. Well, you're a good friend. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it. Anytime, time. sir. I love it. Uh, thank you, my friend, for coming on. This is great. This is great. I can't wait to do it again. And uh, look forward Numero to seeing tres. you. And, and then Numero you tres. should track how I, I did pretty good after the first one. You know, if yeah, you look you at great. it, I mean, I, you know, I was a good predictor. Hopefully, I'm a good predictor on this one, too. We'll see. You never know. We'll see. All right. Thank you, my friend. Take care, sir.